When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Piers Morgan, Uncensored tonight. Should fat people get free seats on aeroplanes? Should teachers and girls' schools apologise for saying good afternoon, girls, to the girls? Or have we perhaps reached the peak of woke insanity in the age of massive self-entitlement? We'll debate that. Also tonight, released from a Romanian jail, but still under house arrest. What next for the world's most controversial man right now, Andrew Tate? His lawyer joins me live. Plus, Bill Maher is one of the funniest and most acerbic commentators in the United States. He joins me exclusively to talk Trump, Biden, cancel culture and the royals. Live from the news building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Well, good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Welcome to our, our lovely new studio here at the News UK Mothership. Uh, in London Bridge. We've left Ealing in West London. No tears, no flowers. Uh, and we're here, where it all happens. Uh, so, what have I missed? I've been in Los Angeles, trying to lay under palm trees with Stormy Daniels. Um, what I missed was this. The age of entitlement was a period of history when the world's biggest brains began to reject superstition for logic and reason. We've now reached the age of entitlement, in which the world's biggest brains defy logic and behave very unreasonably. Take my children at a prestigious girls' school, part of the Independent Girls' Day School Trust, who staged a placard-waving protest against a teacher who said, Good afternoon, girls. That teacher was then forced to issue a grovelling apology, according to an interview she gave to the Mail on Sunday at the weekend, apparently under threat of disciplinary action, because the girls, who, remember, are attending a girls' school, objected to being called girls. Well, I guess some of them may want to become boys, in which case they should maybe be at a boys' school. They're not entitled to undermine the authority of the teachers in the school to pursue their own social causes. And take this plus-sized influencer. No one should have to endure the discomfort, embarrassment and discrimination that often comes with being a plus-size passenger trying to navigate air travel. By signing this petition, you can help us demand that airlines take concrete steps to make air travel more inclusive and accommodating for all passengers. Whether you're plus-size or not, everybody deserves to be treated with dignity and respect when they fly. Let's work together to make sure that the travel industry serves everyone, not just a select few. Well, Jaylene Cheney made global headlines this weekend after claiming fat people are entitled to extra seats on planes because they're so fat. She said all plus-sized passengers should be provided with an extra free seat or even two or three seats, depending on their size, to accommodate their needs and ensure their comfort during the flight. Well, look, uh, Jaylene, you can have your extra seat, you can have ten extra seats, but you've got to pay for them. Why should you be entitled to special treatment? raising the cost of travel for everybody else because you're obese. Maximum self-entitlement, zero self-accountability. So you've invited me to speak here and I'm being heckled non-stop. 
And I'm just asking for the minister to sign the That's an abuse. Keep talking. Keep talking. Keep talking. If you want a marketplace of ideas, you have gotten what you wanted, take it. Those are students at Stanford University, one of the top universities in the world, where students are so high on the fumes of their own self-importance, they felt entitled to heckle a visiting judge because they didn't like his politics. The scourge of limitless entitlement takes us down avenues of limitless insanity. It means we have honest jobs we can't fill, but a generation of wastrels who want to be paid for posting photographs of their lunch. At least of a ludicrous race-baiting idea that every white person should pay compensation to every black person because of the evils of history. It means we give out medals to kids who come last just because they tried. And the parents of those children then demand that they're awarded better grades literally just because they're paid to be there. Unfortunately, in a cost-of-living crisis, there's a surfeit of these people who think the world owes them a favour. But fortunately, the rest of us are also entitled to call them out for it. Well, joining me now is the Associate Editor of the Daily Mirror, Kevin Maguire, and Talk TV contributor Esther Cracker. I think, I'm not sure, but I think I might have started that in my jet-lagged haze, Kevin, with a slightly wrong analogy. I think I said the age of entitlement twice. Of course, I was meant to say the age of enlightenment has now become the age of entitlement. How's it got like this? Yeah, I'm not sure it entirely has, though, Piers. I think we make progress because one generation challenges the, the one ahead of them. That's, that's how it is. Now, they don't always get it right, but I'm with those girls in that school. They challenged the teacher. She lost the classroom. They're they at, wanted, they wanted the teacher on, to at, address them in they're a They're at a girls' way. school, Kevin. But one literally, of them wasn't identified. Literally, as their parents have said, we want to send our little girl to a girls' school which is called a girls' school. Yeah, a and while. then when a teacher has the audacity yep. to call them girls, they go nuts. They, and, and the teacher then eventually has to leave. Piers, they challenge the teacher. The teacher stands on her authority and says, no, I'm doing it my way. If that teacher had spoken to them, had a she dialogue, said, girls. understood it, look, one of them wasn't identifying as a girl. What if, what, I, I just don't see what the big problem is. I, couldn't I genuinely I couldn't, do not see case, what the problem is. If you don't, here's what the problem is. If you don't identify as a girl, don't go to a bloody girls' school. Esther, have I got nuts? Well, what if what if one of them identified as a tree? Would you say, yes. hello, hello, I don't know, flora, Would that fauna? Happen? Well, I mean, before I, I went away, I identified I, as a... I went to a girls' school. I identified as a black lesbian, as you know, Esther, and your, <laughs> yeah, your cackle went around the world. Don't set her off again. But this but... is the problem. If anyone can identify as anything they like, mm. then this insanity just goes everywhere. Oh, of, of course. But I think the, the, the bigger message that's being sent out here is that the children are ruling the classrooms, which should never be the case. And there's no point of them going to school, because part of going to school is learning discipline I... and respect for authority. How, how can you possibly bully a teacher I'm, into apologising for calling I'm, you a girl? I'm a great believer in good discipline in schools, but that does well, not mean that well, no, you're not. not. You're a great me. believer in no. You're a great believer it's, in a teacher being it's calling girls how? girls, and then you think they have no. the right it's, to launch some kind of protest. It's, it's how you set the rules and how you then govern that school. Kevin, you and don't, I, th I think Kevin, no, I've known I you a long time. You don't even you don't believe this. I do. No, you don't. I do. You Look, don't think a bunch of Piers, girls in a girls' Piers, school a should girl. have the right to drive a teacher out and call them girls. No, I'm sorry the teacher is gone, but I don't. 
believe the teachers handled it as well as they She said, good afternoon, done. girls! Yeah. And if it's then challenged and the kids are explaining why they think they shouldn't be the addressed that way... The school is literally called school, just, school for girls. I do yeah. not see what the problem is. This is not the same as putting a biological man who is a rapist in only a way a man can in a Scottish prison. It's not that case. And what happens Sorry, you're getting everything... The, you're getting the clear. I can't do any more of that one. This just driving me too mad. Can we at least agree about free seats for fat flyers, Esther? The idea that the more obese you get, the fatter you become, the more, the more free seats you're entitled to on a plane. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, the, the lady in the video who was saying it, she was probably the size of the plane that she wanted to fly. Look, the reality is we've always seen, you know, debates online about whether, you know, if you need a seatbelt extension, you should really buy two seats because you're spilling over into the other person's, person's seat. And airplanes are designed to basically tin you like sardines, right? So the idea that someone else should pay for the fact that she's obese is, is quite frankly ludicrous. Well, the only thing more annoying, anything more annoying than, than influencers are the Just Stop Oil protesters. So tonight, uh, one of them has jumped on the a snooker table during a live match between Robert Milkins and Joe Perry and emptied a bag of orange powder. Here we go. Oh, yeah. That's really, really, really going to make me want to do more about saving the planet. Actually, what it wants me to do, it was, makes me want to remove the planet of certain people, led by that complete and utter imbecile who's just wrecked everybody's enjoyment at a snooker match. I mean, Kevin, what possible... What possible purpose does this have, other than annoying everybody? I'm not sure it does. Look, my heart might be with the, the stop, uh, Just Stop Oil protesters, but I think my head says that will be counterproductive. Of course and it that will. And that will not help. Now, again, I, I believe in protest. I believe in people's right to protest, but you have to face the consequences well, of, why of did, that. Well, why do people like this get to get away with such delinquency, but the rest of us have to follow the rules? What if we all started doing that? What if, I, oh, yeah. what if, we, yeah, what I if we all started being public nuisances yeah. for causes that we're yeah. passionate about? Yeah. What I if want I... everybody I... to be an Arsenal fan, especially at <laughs> this rather tense moment of the season. And if you're not, yeah. I'm going to come round your house, jump on your snooker table and spray it with orange paint. Because I want something. Yeah. Right? That's what it boils down to. No, and it's illegal. This is what I talk about the, the age of entitlement. They pretend they want to save the planet. Actually, they want, they want to make a name for themselves doing this kind of thing. As we yeah. saw at the Grand National at the weekend with all the protesters there, they just want to ruin everybody's fun. Well, yeah, of course. And they're, they're peddling particular narratives that no one else is buying because they don't make sense, right? You don't get to do this and, and stop bullying the public because we don't agree with your tactics. Yeah. Look, look, I, I had a bet on the National. I love horse racing. Mm. But those protesters also have a point about the safety of that race when three horses died this year, four died last year. There is, you know, it, that's actually a very well, statistic. One of the horses yeah, died, I think, on the, on the first fence, which suggests that it could have been the turmoil and the late start that may have caused that horse, Yeah, the example. trainer said that. Right. And so it, it, so it, maybe, maybe these goons at the Grand National actually facilitated the death of one of those horses. That, that, that is possible. That could be true, right? Yeah, it could, that cannot be ruled out. No you're, no, you're absolutely right. And then, again, that can be counterproductive. Look, if, if you're going to protest, you want to win the audience. 
They've I'm lost it. I'm not sure they do. I'm, but this yeah. is the thing. I'm not. We, we keep talking about how they're trying to win people over, and this is not the way to do it. Don't glue yourself to the M25, for example. I don't think they want to win people over. I think it's to, to stroke their own egos. To I, totally like I totally agree. I totally agree. I think they're a bunch of spoiled, yeah. entitled little brats exactly. who want to get in the papers and get on TV, and sadly, we occasionally have to give them what they want yeah. because these are genuine news events. They're wrecking the Grand National, they're wrecking the snooker, and they go home and they think, oh, what a great day we've had. All we've done is ruin yeah, but come on, can we, can we acknowledge though that we are, uh, as a you know, people, we're heating up the planet. That's creating destruction. That will result in people dying. Sure. So, yeah, I'm against putting orange powder and disrupting a snooker match, but let's not lose sight that people are dying. All right, you know, well, the easiest okay. way to get people to ignore <clears throat> that is... Before we finish, this. I want to bring in someone who I think is mm. causing the, uh, the death of the planet slowly, Prince Harry. Um, <laughs> so, Camilla Parker Bowles, going to a well-sourced piece in the Sunday Times, is apparently very hurt by all the stuff that Harry wrote about her in the book, uh, saying that she was dangerous, had to rehabilitate her image, blah, blah, blah. Wicked stepmother. Um, I don't blame Camilla. Do you, Esther? I mean, I just of think... Of course. And for this guy to have the brass neck to now roll up at the, at the coronation of the head of an institution he's just spent the last two, three years absolutely burying, calling a bunch of callous racists, I think is is outrageous. And for Paul Camilla, mm. who's also going to be crowned, of course, along with Charles, for her to have to see him coming in after calling her the wicked, dangerous stepmother. I mean, yeah, it should, I mean, for the last... For, for all of Harry's whinging about, you know, the invasions of privacy and how he was painted as a villain... I never want to hear him talk about privacy again. Ever, ever. No, no I mean, no, literally, no, no. as ever. long as he lives, yep. I never want to hear the word privacy come out of his entitled... Talk about entitlement. Entitled... Yeah. Hypocritical gob yeah. ever, Kevin? Am I wrong? But Camilla has been has been villainized for for, yeah. for decades, Look, so she's used to this. But I mean, Camilla I mean, is the very best of rules. You know why? Never explain, never complain. Yeah. Suck it up, do your duty. Hang on, hang on. And that's why people now like Camilla. And when you are a hypocritical rat bag, the public soon go <laughs> off you, as he's now but, finding but, out but, in the polls. But let's not lose sight that. His dad, Harry's dad, was cheating with Camilla. Yeah. And Harry's, mo and, uh, and Harry's and mother it, was cheating was, with someone else yeah, as well. Yeah, but that, that came later on. But that doesn't so make it right. So you can, you can see from his point of view... Yeah. ..the stepmother no, but did play a part in the break he's, I'm yeah, sorry, I know. Enough, he's nearly 40 enough, years enough old. Enough she, of that. She has to also acknowledge... He, All right. He's, he's hurt and he's pinned. You know what? Yeah. I don't care how hurt he is. I'm bored with him. I'm yeah. sick of the pair of them. Stay in California. Do your stuff, take the titles away, and don't turn up at the royal events just to keep your little royal fleecing going. Yeah. That's all it's about. Total hypocrisy. Thank you, Pat. Great yeah. to be back. We got through a lot of stuff there. Well, Uncensored next tonight, Andrew Tate's lawyer live on what is going on. This new fancy studio, a director going crazy there with his little corridor action. I like it. Uh, well, welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored. Same show, just a slightly jazzier little setup. 
Well, he's the most controversial man on the planet, present company accepted. Social media influencer Andrew Tate, the former professional kickboxer and his brother, have been locked up for three months in a Romanian jail over allegations of human trafficking and rape. They've not been charged and have now been released on house arrest. They remain under investigation. Arriving home early this month, this is what Andrew Tate had to say. Well, I've been in one room since last year, so uh, it's a little bit emotional. Uh, I want to give respect, firstly, to the judges who heard us today because they were very attentive and they listened to us and, and they let us free. I, I truly believe that justice will be served in the end. There is 0% chance of me being found guilty of something I have not done. Well, joining us now is Andrew Tate's lawyer, Tina Glandia. Tina, thank you very much indeed for joining us again on Piers Morgan Uncensored. Where are we with this case? Because it does seem very strange that there is still no sign of any charges or of them being released. Hi, Piers. We're certainly a lot better off today than the last time I was on your show. Um, as you recall, back then, the Tate brothers were still detained in a Romanian jail cell. Um, now they have been released on house arrest. So relative to that, you know, they're, they're doing much better now and we've taken a big step in the right direction. However, uh, this month actually marks the one year since this investigation first began. And the fact that they're still on house arrest and the fact that their restraint and their liberty, uh, their liberty is still restrained and they're not free to move about the way anybody else would, while this uh, very prolonged investigation continues, is uh, obviously substantially troubling and frustrating to them. So even though a few weeks ago we took a big step in the right direction, we're still not all the way there. And we are we're looking forward to the day that the Romanian authorities decide that they won't be uh, that they conclude the investigation and decide that they won't be seeking an indictment in this case. What are the rules of the house arrest? I only asked because before I came on air, I noticed that Tristan Tate uh, tweeted me several times about tonight's show, actually. Um, is that him? Are they allowed to tweet personally, the, the two brothers? They are. The only real restrictions that they have, other than the fact that they're confined to their house, is that they can't communicate with either the two other women who also, like them, are on house arrest, who are being investigated alongside them in this matter, and any other witnesses who have been mentioned in the file. Beyond that, there are no other restrictions as far as uh, communication with friends or family or having visitors, as well as social media activity. There's obviously been a, a, an enormous amount of global coverage of this. Um, and obviously they remain innocent until or if they're ever charged or proven guilty. How are they actually doing uh, themselves? I mean, it's a weird condition to, to be living under house arrest. It is. Again, it's, it's relative to where they were a few weeks ago. They are doing much better, of course. Um, however, the three months in jail certainly took a toll on them. And I know Andrew has told me he right now has a lot of trouble sleeping. He can't sleep for more than two hours um, a night. And, you know, it, it really took a toll. So they're struggling with the process and what they've been through. But they are now focused mostly on just regaining, they believe, a strong, uh, bod a strong body is a strong mind. They're back to their training and fitness and health and focusing on those things and trusting their attorneys and the process to play out and for them to eventually clear their names. The, the court of public opinion has been, depending on what you read, uh, particularly on social media, but obviously they have this huge uh, platform, each of them, it's either been brutally savage against them, prejudging everything and assuming their guilt, or it's been the complete opposite, that they are the victims of a shocking miscarriage of justice. 
Um, can they get any kind of fair trial, even if it was to come to that, given the enormous amount of coverage? Well, we're certainly hoping it doesn't come to that. But yes, all of those things that you said really um, do jeopardize somebody in a, in a case like this, always these high-profile cases. Um, we believe oftentimes the defendant can't get a fair trial because there is such, unfortunately, a presumption of guilt in these types of cases. There is a lot of misinformation spread prior to the case actually being heard. And opinions are formed, and a lot of times, again, it's not based on the actual evidence. So I think it is very challenging to have a fair trial under circumstances such as uh, such as the Tate brother case here. However, again, we are optimistic that the evidence is not going to support an indictment and that it won't come to that. If it does go to trial, would it be a jury trial or just a judge? A judge. The, I think since we last spoke, in the last several weeks, actually, three British women have come forward to say they were abused and sexually assaulted uh, by Andrew Tate and are crowdfunding to sue him for compensation. They're all in their 20s or early 30s. They worked as webcam models for Andrew Tate, they say, in Luton from 2013 onwards, claim they were abused, poorly paid and threatened to stop them going to the police. What's your response to that? Well, first, to be clear, there's no there's no new lawsuit, and there's certainly these are not new allegations. These are old allegations from 2014 and 2015 that uh, I would seriously, you know, I think there's questions about the timing and motivation as to why this is now being brought up. I certainly don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, right after they've been released on house arrest that this has now again come up. But just to be clear, what... What this case right now is, it's three anonymous women who have not come forward with their identities are seeking crowd, crowd uh, funding, and they're seeking, um, I think, 50,000 pounds to begin with, and I believe they've raised, at this point, a little bit over 8,000 pounds. And this is so that they could sue, the, sue Andrew Tate for compensation. So they're basically asking the public to fund their efforts to get money from Andrew Tate. And what's bizarre about this um, aside from the fact that these same allegations were previously investigated by the UK authorities who decided that there was no evidence and it was su not sufficient to pursue charges against Andrew Tate. But putting that aside, what's strange to me as an attorney, certainly in my experience, cases of this type are often brought by attorneys on what we call a contingency fee basis, which means that the attorney, if they believe in the case, files the lawsuit uh, prosecutes it, and then from the monies that they recover for their client, they take a percentage of that. So to me, it's very strange that instead of pursuing the case like that, which would typically be done, they're asking the, for the public for donations to fund this attempt for these anonymous women, again, to make money from Andrew Tate. And I think it's really important to remember cases like Eleanor Williams, which recently I know got a lot of attention, and I saw your interview with one of the men who uh, Eleanor had falsely accused. And there are cases where women go to crazy and extreme lengths. I know in that case she had created fake social media profiles. She had sent herself, um, you know, fake messages that were reported initially to be evidence, she went so far as to purchase a hammer and to self-inflict severe injuries to yeah, herself. Yeah, I mean, look, that, just to jump into it, we're running out of time, that was an outrageous case, and that she was a total fantasist and a very evil one at that. I think, look, to be, to be fair to your clients, they are innocent until proven guilty. They've not been charged. This has been going on for a year. 
They've been held in prison for month after month after month. They're now effectively under uh, sort of home prison. Uh, and you do think at some stage that out of fairness and justice, they are either going to be charged or, or released. And um, we'll see what happens. But I think next week you're expecting to get an update, right? We will get an, uh, an update yeah. next week because they can only extend this house arrest for a total, combined with the three months that they already served, it's a total of six months in Romania. So okay. if they seek an application, it will be made next week. Well, hopefully we can talk to you again after that development. Tina Glandian, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Pierce. Well, on Censored Next uh, tonight, superstar U.S. comedian and TV host Bill Maher, one of my favourite hosts on American TV, sat down with me to talk Biden, Trump, cancel culture, wokery, and yes, the royals. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Piers Morgan Uncensored from our spanking new studios next tonight. Bill Maher is one of the most acerbic and popular commentators on US television. For three decades, he's eviscerated politicians on the left and the right with equal fervour. And like me, he's a ferocious defender of free speech. I first appeared on his HBO show, Real Time, on Friday night. And things got rather heated when I took on Democratic Congresswoman Katie Porter on women's rights. The clips went viral. And astonishingly, the very liberal LA crowd... Or they rather audibly sided with me. I think that it should be up to sporting bodies to make the decisions about who well, and what how should compete. What has she said that's actually wrong? I think that what she has done is try to turn this... We talked about people, you know, becoming... Using things to kind of get likes and get clicks. That's not what she's doing. It's I mean, not? I, I've got no truck for right against personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. Well, she, okay, has so she, she actually competed oh. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. That cannot be right. It cannot be fair. That is something. So we've just come off 
your own show. <laughs> uh, how do you feel when you come off doing a show? Well, we just came off. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> the audience <laughs> is gone. The question is, how did we come off? Yeah. <laughs> um, the audience is gone, and it's just us. It's so intimate, Piers. Um, you know, it's so funny. I don't sleep well on Friday night because I'm a perfectionist, and I'm always turning the show over in my mind all night long. You know, it's a live... Well, actually, we were alive for 20 years, I think. The last year since the pandemic, we tape a little earlier. But we tape in time. We don't edit anything. So it's basically what happens what is what happens. You know, so uh, it can go 99% perfectly, and I will obsess on the 1%. <laughs> I, I'm the same. Um, I have a, a, an ongoing theory that the world has gone nuts. But what I can't work out <laughs> is whether it's just because we're aware of more stuff, which is nuts than we ever used to be? Or do you actually feel oh, yeah. that it is going nuts? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> it is going nuts. I mean, we sort of touched it on in the show tonight when I was talking about norms and the attitude, I think, of the uh, conservative people in this country about what's, what disturbs them on the left. I would think it's, I would say it's the fringe of the left, but you know, the problem with the left is that the people in the center who don't even believe what the fringe are believing don't stand up to them. They don't shout them down publicly, so it just becomes it's very bad for Democrats, which I don't think is a good thing. I mostly vote for Democrats. I can't remember the last time I voted for a Republican. But the norms that Trump trounced on, that's a very valid point, one I've made a million times, and we all saw it in plain sight. I mean, norms of the law and democracy and answering subpoenas and <laughs> respecting elections and not trying to have a coup in America. I mean, it went past norms. But their view is, okay, those are terrible norms, perhaps, to trample. But your norms have to do with, like, life itself. Right. Like, Biological <laughs> sex. Yeah, that, exactly. I mean, that, we had that debate tonight. It, yeah. It's kind of baffling to me that we <laughs> are actually having to debate these things. <laughs> That's, that is what they're saying. I've heard, I've talked, I've talked to these people all the time, but I, cause I'm out in the country all the time and they're like, you know, we're not all crazy. We just don't, we just don't feel comfortable. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. A lot of them say to me, what you don't get about us and Donald Trump is we don't like him either. We just see him as a bulwark toward <laughs> against something that's even nuttier. Mm. Because, as we know, in America, people really don't vote for who they like. They vote for who they hate the least. Right. Um, and where are you with free speech now? Because it seems to me that, as a comedian and a host, comedy has never been under more attack than it mm -hmm. is now. I mean, literally physical attacks now yeah. on comedians on yeah. stage to try and suppress their right to tell jokes. What do you feel about that? I think that's exactly... I never feel like I'm about to be attacked on stage. It could happen tomorrow. <laughs> you know, right. um, but I, I, that's not something that I, there's been a few instances, the Dave Chappelle one, obviously the Will Smith. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are outliers. We're not really attacked. What we comedians are afraid of is not being attacked physically on stage. We're afraid of being attacked on Twitter. Being canceled. Yes. That, I mean, I grew up in the age of the comedy club and there's comedy clubs are still out there, by the way. Um, but you could they were a place, as they say, to be bad. Yeah. Or a place, even if you weren't bad, if you had passed that point, to try out new material. Have we lost the ability as a society to accept being offended? Well, of course. And that's part of it. I mean, comedy has to find where the line is. You know, oh, you crossed the line. Well, I'm the guy who's, 
I'm the, like the, the mine seeker. I'm out there with the bayonet, you know, digging into the ground to see where the mines are. And who okay? decides this line? Once in a while, one's going to blow up in our face. Right. But, but can who I decides give me some credit for being the guy out there with the bayonet? And who decides the line? Apparently, teenagers right. who decide everything in this country because I feel like teenagers are the ones, or people with a teenage mentality, uh, who are are the ones who fill social media with mm -hmm. condemnation because they were raised wrong with a sense of entitlement in a sense that anything that causes them the least amount of discomfort cannot be tolerated for even one second. Mm -hmm. So when they scream and cry, nobody says anything. That's my point about where are the people to push back? Where I don't, are the adults? I don't, think most, <laughs> I don't think most of the Democrats or most of the liberals in this country, mm -hmm. old school liberals like me, are like this kind of stuff, but they don't shout it down. So if somebody does something that's a little bit outside the lines and there is a big complaint on social media, nobody stands up for them. And the problem is that nobody ever gets canceled for being too woke. Mm. So you can say the craziest thing, like men can have babies, mm. and then nobody will, even though people are thinking, well, that's kind of nuts. Nobody will say it. They'll just fall in line. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I've always thought, men can have babies. Sure. I saw a dude who was glowing yesterday. You know, I mean, it's, and that's the problem. And it's totally insane. Cowardice. Yes, it is. It's moral cowardice, isn't it? But the, uh, it's but intellectual I, cowardice. And it, and it, but it also comes from a place of reality, that fear, because they see people around them literally getting cancelled, getting shamed and oh, yeah. abused and hounded out of jobs. And oh. they think, I don't want it to happen to me. I can't count the number of stories I've either covered on the show or just read about of professors at colleges, yes. which are supposed to be the bastions of free speech, who said something that was just an opinion. One guy, that was one different. professor in America, he gave a lecture for 25 years about the use of offensive language. Mm -hmm. And then some students complained about his use of offensive language in the lecture about offensive language. Right. And he had to lose his job. And at that oh, yeah. point, I just felt that was peak woke insanity. He literally was lecturing about offensive language and using offensive language to illustrate it. They, they have no sense of nuance. They have no sense of context. They just know certain buzzwords or certain concepts are out of limits, off limits. And since social media is just a bunch of mean girls, mm. um, it's not really about making the world better. It's not really very often about social justice. It's about let's catch somebody at something. This mm. is what's so obnoxious about that side of things, that just idea of we're not really lifting people up. Liberalism is about lifting people up. Not catching people. And tolerating people. It's, it's not about white self-loathing. Yes. It's about, yes, we have a horrible history in this country. Let's make it right in the ways that make sense. It's not just about catching people at stuff. Where is America politically now, do you think? I think old school liberalism is the center. Mm. Certainly socially. You know, when I think about things like pot legalization, civil rights, gay marriage, that kind of stuff. I mean, something like, something over 90%, I think, of white Americans want to live in a diverse neighborhood. Mm. This is a sea change from where the, where the world is, was when I was born. Um, gay marriage failed, I think, 35 times in different states when it was on the ballot on a statewide level. And something like four years later, it was the law of the land. 
marijuana. I never thought I would see the day where I, I wasn't panicked when I was in an airport because I had this much pot hidden in my underwear. And now I can smoke it freely on my podcast, which you I know. Did. Yes. <laughs> I know. I came out having had a great time, Bill. <laughs> um, so I, I think that really is kind of the center of the country. Mm. Old school liberalism, take a victory lap. You kind of won on a lot of things, but it's, a, it's another f funny pathology of liberals. They don't want to acknowledge progress mm. because they somehow feel like if I acknowledge progress, well, then I'm not as authentic a progressive. Mm. It's right in your name. Mm. <laughs> and that's what you're selling, progress. Well, of course, uh, on Donald Trump, all this legal mayhem that's flying at him, does it actually empower him? Does it have the opposite effect, perhaps, to what the Democrats would hope it would have? Yes, well, that was the end of the show tonight mm. when I was talking about the Stormy Daniels issue. I mean, it's always gonna strike people as sex. Mm. It, when it's about getting a guy for sex, I don't think they should ever, they should have discouraged, I guess Alvin Bragg can do what he wants. But if I was the president or somebody, I would have <laughs> discouraged him quietly Let's not do this one, because we're going to see Trump hauled into court, as we did, and that's going to be the big story, and it's going to be just high fives on MSNBC. And look, I was thrilled. It, it, there's something cathartic about seeing that, because this guy has done so much damage to this country, as well as so many individuals. So to see him hauled into court feels good. But now when these real cases come up, the ones about asking for votes in Georgia, January 6th, um, even the documents one. I mean, I just think it, the, the, the power of it is going to be diminished. Can, he, can he win again? Uh, he can. I don't think he will. But it doesn't matter with him. This is the point I've been making mm. since 2016. It well, you predicted me. I did. You said every year. He is I watched you and you'd say every, year after almost year. Almost every he show. Won't, he won't accept it. <laughs> he will never accept and it. And he didn't. And the problem with next time is he's done this once and he saw what didn't work the first time. He has been working behind the scenes mm. to make sure that doesn't happen again. In other words, next time he calls up a Republican Secretary of State and says, I need you to find 11,000 votes. Is that Republican Secretary of State going to be somebody who's there who wasn't in 2016, who is there specifically to do that? So, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in 2024. My, my prediction would be it's Biden against him again, Biden wins again, and he doesn't accept it again. Is it, I mean, is it, I have to ask about Biden, because I've heard you defend him about his record in the, the, yeah. the term. I think it's been actually better than people think, which is why he did better in the midterms than people expected. But he's mm. really showing his age. It's two more years before an election. If he then does four more, he'd be 86. What, you know, does I, that matter? It doesn't matter to me. I feel like this is a prejudice that this country has. This ageism, it's an it's a individual thing, age. Some people are old at 50. And some people are young at 90. Mm. Norman Lear's over 100. Mm. I had dinner with him recently with other people. He was as sharp as anybody at the table. Mm. So it doesn't matter. And a president doesn't have to be super energetic. To run for president takes a lot of energy. Yeah. To be president, you're the elder. Every civilization seems to have understood this. The elder, 
We go to you for advice and wisdom. Hey, elder one who has seen it all. Well, he actually Biden said that. What should we do about this problem? And then he has his minions go out and you don't have to be. And also, I, I just think it's a narrative that, oh, he looks old. He's, he looks like the same guy I've ever seen. He's a little older, so he fell off his bike. Can you imagine Trump's fat ass even being <laughs> on a bike? <laughs> really? I mean, Biden did say in Ireland an interesting thing, actually. Uh, he said that, yes, he, he's got more experience than anyone that's ever become president. And he said, but that gives me no excuses. Gives him the wisdom, but also no excuses. I thought that was quite an honest appraisal of what all that experience gives him. Yeah, I just think people have, look, do I love everything Biden has done? No, I don't. I think he caves into that super left side a little too much. I think they go to him with that stuff and he goes, I don't understand it. I can't be bothered with it. I have real <laughs> matters to do. If you want to do this, fine. I'm not going to fight you on it. And, you know, is it as uh, existentially threatening as what Trump is threatening? Of course not. So, but generally he's doing fine and he's got a lot more done substantially, legislatively. I mean, he got us out of Afghanistan, which, yeah, did he stick the landing on it? No. But a lot of that was because Trump organized that before he even got there with his stupid we'll get out by this date and he only left 2500 troops there he, he left them a horrible hand so it's not a terrible idea to say that and of course the democrats never do because they're just so afraid oh they'll just say we're using excuses it's a reasonable excuse it's a real excuse having said that they could have done it better but at least we did it and we should have done it and he actually got the ball rolling on climate change in a big way that nobody's been able to do before. He steered most of this big money we're spending towards stuff. They're all really climate change bills. And nobody did that. And he got infrastructure going. And, you know, he's, he's an old school kind of guy. Is he perfect? Of course not. But he's getting the job done. And we're back to normal. It's not insanity. He's not, you know, poop tweeting and having feuds with Bette Midler and, you know, throwing <laughs> towels at people. I mean, it's just, it's a lot. For who, has my, been, who has been for you the greatest American president of them all? Well, certainly the one I've seen in my lifetime I mean, it would, would be Obama. I mean, I didn't really? see George Washington, but, you know, he's still the greatest in mm -hmm. my view because there would be no country without him. And he made some incredible decisions like how he won the war, which most generals could not have won that war, saying he would not be a king, mm -hmm. refusing the crown and saying, no, we have to have a peaceful transfer of power. I do think you giving up our king was a massive strategic <laughs> error. I'm sure you do. Just for the record. Um, but Obama, you know, as far as modern presidents, and no one can compare. First of all, because what he did, he came in right at a moment of incredible economic crisis that a lot of other guys would have crashed. We would be, we'd be in a depression now. And, you know, no drama Obama. Boy, you know, he just kept it, his eye on the ball. And by the way, we didn't even lose money. Does he, does he and the first black president. Right, that was a very The hardest yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. he, I always said, and he had to be the Jackie Robinson. Of, and he was, Jackie Robinson in the sense of, you can't take the bait. They're going to say horrible things. You just got to keep your eye on the ball. Does the Amazing Ameri discipline this guy has. I, I agree with that. Does the American dream still exist, you think? Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's maybe the one thing that does exist that we still have going for us because we've lost so much. But I talked about this all the time, um, especially with people who have come to this country on purpose, you know, and not from countries that uh, are places you'd think where people would want to leave, like your country. People come here on purpose. I know people from France and Germany and Canada. And I think what they would say is, yes, America has a great flaw in that 
we don't take care of the losers quite as well as socialist countries. You know, if you fall behind, it's kind of like, well, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. But what America does have is still the sense of possibility. You absolutely can reinvent yourself tomorrow and be whatever you want. You can make your future here. You can make your way and you can go as high as as high as you can. They don't cut down the tall trees, as a Canadian friend of mine once said. Um, so in that sense, there is still the American dream. Now, how available is that to everybody? That's a good question. Well, on Thursday next tonight, Bill Maher's, well, he's pretty tough verdict on that gruesome twosome, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Welcome back. Uh, next tonight, Bill Maher's made no secret of his disdain for the concept of monarchy. But will he be watching the coronation? And uh, what do Americans really make of the Harry and Meghan circus? The coronation is coming up, and I know you're probably <laughs> trying to suppress your wild excitement. Okay. Will you be watching? No. <laughs> of course not. It's not my country, you, and it's stupid. Do you stupid. care about the royal of family? Of course not. It's an anachronism, and it's. I, I've said this to people who are royals to their face. I'm not going to call you your highness. It's really? A, it's who did you say that to? I said that to Queen Noor. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> I said it's ridiculous that one human being, this is something liberals especially should believe, that you don't call another human being your highness? Are you kidding me? Come on, Bill, try it. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, uh, you know, Char although I do, personally, I like Charles. Mm. I always thought he was a smart guy. He had some really good issues. Uh, you know, I thought they made fun of him. You know, he had, gave him some ammunition for that, but no public person doesn't. But, um, you know, why, why even have this? And I know there are reasons. Enjoy it, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> have you been hanging out with uh, Meghan and Harry since no. they've been in California? No, I don't know them. <laughs> what do you think of them? I, I admire Harry for going to Afghanistan. I, anybody who's had who's had military service, yeah, I, I can only criticize so much because I haven't. And there's nothing that compares to military service. Um, but they're ridiculous after that. They're just, they want it both ways. You know, you can't be, uh, these people were so mean to us and, and poor us and we don't want all this attention and then <laughs> let me let me write a book about how much we don't want attention. <laughs> I thought South Park Daily. You know, we want our privacy. They yeah, I mean, they just, it up really. they just strike me as creatures of that generation. You know, you're just fragile. You know, just take a take a hint from the Queen, mm. the recently departed. Never the, complain, never explain, and rarely just, be heard speaking in public. You're complaining about your hard life, and you're so privileged. It's just so weird. It's ridiculous. I totally agree. Bill, you've had an extraordinary life. How long do you think you can keep doing this? Decades? Forever. Do you think you'll ever want to stop? I have a contract for a billion years, like, <laughs> like in Scientology. Pierce. I would watch you for as long oh, as you want to you. do it. But. I don't know. I, I mean, the fact that I've done it for 30 years is just ridiculous. Um, but I feel in no way diminished. You I, enjoy I, it as much as yeah, you've ever done? more. Because, um, uh, you know, you get better. At, if you do something for 30 years, I mean, you better get better. You know, at a certain point, you know, same thing with Biden. Um, you know, yes, age could actually 
have an effect on how you're doing. But that's, I, I would be the first one to tell you mm -hmm. if it did. And plainly it's not. Well, the, I, think, the audi the I watch you every week, and I, yeah. I have to say, I think right now you are probably the most important host on oh. American television because well, you, you are the voice of common sense yeah. <laughs> amid all the insanity. Well, they, well, and, and also, you, basically, you're on their side, the loons. Yeah, it's like, right. come on, stop being so mad. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're a great voice, too, and also of common sense, and there's lots of us. And by the way, none of us are what anyone 10 years ago would even begin to call a conservative. No. You know, we're not conservatives. I mean, you go down the line about what we believe and how we live our life. It's not, we're not out there shooting Bud Lights. And I will not bend the knee and just go along with the nonsense. That's, that's what's so annoying about them. The most of all, they like insist that you go along with their nonsense and their insanity and their fragility, or else you're thrown outside the, the group and, and you're excommunicated from liberal. No, you're not the liberal. I'm, I haven't changed. Yes. You invented a whole new thing called wokeism, mm. which used to have a much more valid meaning. It's actually a form of fascism, the way they go about it, the well, way they, without the extreme violence, but the ideology that you well, will conform yes. to our narrow worldview. And if yes. you don't, we're going to really do bad stuff to you. Yeah. That's a fascist mentality. It's, it's, it's the cry bullies of yes. that generation, as I said raised wrong <laughs> so they think when someone disagrees with them it's a hate crime yes, it's and it's violence and it's unacceptable and it's just got to stop it's you don't get your teenagers under control yeah i completely <laughs> that's agree. my message bill it's a great message <laughs> Pleasure. keep battling okay. i'm with you thank I'm you. With you on the hill all right <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic interview and what a refreshing attitude wasn't it just don't tolerate the woke insanity they can be mad. We've seen examples on the show tonight of utter madness. Teachers being made to apologise to kids who don't want to be called girls at a girls' school. That's mad. Fat people wanting free seats on planes. That's mad. And it's all fragile. It's all pathetic. It's all attention-seeking. And we don't have to go along with it. Stand up, world. Fight back. Just say no. Be more like Bill Maher. That's it from me. Good to be back enough. Wonderful new studio. Whatever you're doing, keep it uncensored and keep the wokies away. Good night.